0: Rio Hondo Prep Football is one of the best-kept secrets in all of Southern California. As one of the smallest enrollments year in and year out, the Cares have won 14 CIF championships and have been one of the most successful programs throughout their history. Welcome to A Charge to Keep, the official podcast of Rio Hondo Prep Football. And now, Bringing you the latest news and content from his alma mater, a CIF champion in 2001. From the class of 2003, here's your host, Matt Persimov.
1: Hey there, Real Hondo fans. It is Matt Hersema, your host of the Charge to Keep podcast. Of course, you know that unless this is your first time. And if it is your first time tuning into the show, we appreciate you doing so. Uh, Another great guest for you today on the pod as we continue uh, getting to know a little bit of the coaching staff this summer. Um, Nice for not just the alumni, but also the parents, especially to know uh, the coaches that are working with their young men throughout not just the football season, but the summer, the summer trip, of course, uh going on and all that. So uh another chance to to get to know the coaching staff and 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 just part of the 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 growth of the summer, really as the buildup to the football season that does start August 18th down in San Diego against, uh, why am I missing? I'm drawing a blank. Oh my goodness. Uh, brutal Matt, brutal, brutal, brutal. Anyway, um, Ed drain is our guest today. Ed drain, of course, uh, that drain name you guys all know and love, uh, uh, Parker. Hello, Francis Parker. That's the team, man. Sometimes I, I feel like I'm ready for the pod. And then I just, I forget something so simple, like who we're opening up, up against uh, at the end of the summer, Francis Parker down in San Diego. Anyway, uh, the drain name synonymous really with uh, real hondo football and athletics, of course, uh long time coach and athletic director, Ken drain the, the patriarch, really uh, my good buddy, uh, Devin drain who I played with uh, at at various levels uh, of real football, basketball and baseball, of course. And uh, Dave and Ed drain the the younger sons that are both on the coaching staff. Uh, We're going to hear from Ed drain today, what exactly he does with the program, what he does uh, position wise, you know, coaching the players and such. Uh, Ed has coached the basketball team, the varsity level uh, this last year. So he's a guy that knows that head coaching role and also that assistant coaching role. And of course, has uh, learned from the likes of his father, uh, Devon Drain, who works in the junior high department currently, and he gets to coach alongside his brother, Dave Drain. Here, both Dave and Ed, uh, great football players as well, on some amazing football teams that I'm sure we'll talk about here in the, uh, the right at the end of the uh, the first ten years of the 21st century. There in 08 in and 09, and of course, uh, learning from uh, Devon Drain, who I would say is you know maybe the, the best athlete in the family, but uh, I don't know. I'll let them. Fight it out. I'll let them all decide that. So uh, we've we've had um, Ed on the Get Home Safe podcast a couple of times. Um, if if you want to go back and check those episodes out, so we may repeat a few things today. But again, this podcast is real Hondo football, and we get we'll get to learn a little bit about the coaching staff specifically Ed Drain today. So uh, let's not burn any more time. It's uh it's hot out. It's summertime, and uh, uh, there's enough heat around so we don't need to uh, waste any more of it. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm out of practice if you guys can't tell. That's why I need to bring the pod back so I can go uh, raise my game, get back to the mediocre level that I'm usually at instead of, uh you know, uh, not under par, over par, whatever it is. Anyway, enough for me. Let's bring in our featured guest, assistant coach for the Ruhondo football team, Ed Drain. All right. As promised, joining us today is coach Ed Drain, who works with the football program, another of that Great coaching staff we have at Rio, and carrying on the uh, the coach drain tradition, if you will. What's going on, Ed? Nothing much. Just uh, enjoying life here. Getting ready for football season, right? As always, if we
0: if we if we uh, stay ready, we don't got to get ready, right? That's true. There's nothing like. I mean, I'm you know me. I'm a basketball guy, but there's nothing nothing quite like getting ready for football, man you got to love it you got to love it
1: um yeah when the summer hit i always remember as a kid like uh, okay football's close by we just got to get through these hot months i liked the the time away from school and everything but i just wanted to get back to football season not so much school so i don't know summer when summer hits it's like all right let's let's get the juices going and get football ready
0: yeah i feel like i feel like as i've aged you could say it's like <laughs> You always look forward to summer, but then once summer gets there, it's almost like I just need summer to end so I can go (laughs) back (laughs) to organized activities and things. Rhythm and routine. Yeah, Yeah.
1: for sure. Plus, I mean, I think we're similar in this, like heat. uh, I'm not really a hot guy. Like I'm I'm not really mega mega cold either, but I would much rather be too cold than too hot.
0: Yeah. I always tell uh, when my students ask me, you know, do you like hot weather, cold weather? say cold weather, hands down, you can, you can always make yourself warmer, but it's too hard to try to cool yourself off. Oh, okay? dude, it's, it's the worst. It is the worst. So yeah. we're, uh, this
1: will be released in the summertime as uh, you know, we're getting ready for the season and just a lot of fun content here in the summer. I already talked with some uh, other coaches that I appreciate you taking the time uh, to to chat with me. And, you know, it's an opportunity for the parents to get to know uh, the coaching staff, as well as our alumni and such, although many people know who you are. Uh, before we get into it, Ed, what what, uh, what what group of guys on the football team are you responsible for? Uh, what position group, I should say, offense, defense? Take us through kind of your responsibilities.
0: So uh, over the summer, I work with the inside linebackers uh, and the the receivers on offense. Uh, kind of just you know introducing them to the route schemes for offense and the receivers, getting them to run the correct routes. Um, and then, yeah, I'd work a lot with the inside backers and then I do kickoff, kickoff return and field goal. So yeah, whenever we miss an extra point, I hear it from Mark. So,
1: <laughs> you know, one thing being down on the sideline a lot last year was getting to see the interactions amongst uh, coaches and, you know, uh, you, you guys work very hard and at times it can get a little chippy amongst the coaching staff as well. Just, you know, sharing those nuggets for the fans out there, but it's, it's all in love. It's all coming from a good place. And just like a family, uh, you know, sometimes family members, you you, uh, have some verbal, verbal altercations we'll say.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's almost like the, the work, the working relationship is so comfortable that like, yeah, if someone's not familiar with us, you'd be like, why are they yelling at each other or why are they getting after each other? But for us, it's just, yeah. It's like you're yelling at your brother. Yeah. Hey, let's go. But, <laughs> you know. but
1: uh, coach Carson has the final say as the head guy that uh, you know what, what he says goes uh, ultimately after collecting data and stuff, we'll say from his assistants, right?
0: Oh yeah. Mark, there's no doubt who's in charge. Everyone knows who's in charge out there.
1: <laughs> That's good. It's good. And you yeah. talk
0: about brothers uh, Ed. you know, you
1: actually get to, communicate and coach with your brother Dave on the staff. What is, what does Dave do? And, and do you guys ever, you know, get into it like brothers do the the fact that you actually are brothers
0: kind of getting after each other. So Dave, Dave is the O-line coach and rightly so, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll remind you that he was all state offensive lineman every time he has a chance. Okay. But (laughs) no, he, he, he's the O-line guy. He's kind of, he's kind of the guy who's uh, he's Randy's right-hand man. Um, uh, and he does a great job with the linemen. I'd say the only time Dave and I ever get into it on the sideline is if I yell at an old lineman to do something, he'll be like, Hey, don't talk to my guys. And I'll be like, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know, I like uh, that way to go, Dave. (laughs) That's his job. We got enough people on the sideline saying things. So, well, you know
1: when you got so many people yelling all these things, I mean, there it's organized chaos in a sense, but I I agree with that, with Dave's take there in the sense of like, we all have responsibilities. You do your job. So my guys can do their job and this guy can do his job. And you know, it's a working relationship as you mentioned, but I mean, if you can talk to me about that and how in order for things to operate smoothly, every player has to do their part on the field but the coaches have to do their part collectively in working together and not stepping on each other's toes.
0: Yeah. I think there's an understanding, you know, we're all open to suggestion first, right off the bat. You know, if you have a suggestion, go ahead and say it, but there's a time and place for that. And in the, you know, when in the heat of the moment, you know, Dave works with the O lineman all week, all summer, you know, those are, that's his group. So really, I mean, if Randy, if Randy will say something, but besides that, everyone knows, you know, Dave will yell at the O lineman. You know, Mark Mark will Mark takes care of the DBs and, you know, the defense in general. But we all we all kind of like AJ yells at the D line. So we all know who we're supposed to, and no, we do a pretty good job of, you know, letting everyone do their thing, staying in their lane, you know, so to speak, I guess you could say. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's
1: that's that's a real good point. And you're right about AJ, AJ's always yelling at somebody, it doesn't matter you know who it is, but AJ is his defensive guys. AJ's gotta be the, the most fiery guy in the program, right?
0: Yeah, AJ AJ's hilarious because his 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 praise and criticism sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> if he's criticizing you or praising you, it, it sounds the same. Uh but he he's hilarious, yeah. He he refuses to wear pants says he won't wear pants doesn't matter how cold it is and then he doesn't wear a jacket but he'll wear he'll wear he'll wear. so my favorite is like during playoff time he comes out in his shorts and his short sleeve shirt but then he puts gloves on his hands yes. so it's like to <laughs> so, so i got keep my hands warm got keep my hands warm yes. always ready but uh yeah AJ's the he's the hype man for sure Spart- he's the first the guy out there player. yeah we score a touchdown AJ's somewhere past the numbers, chest bumping somebody. Okay. <laughs> I, I
1: think the moms uh, really like watching him and his energy uh, and his interaction with the kids. And the kids respond to him. Not that you guys don't, you know, do a good job in this, also, but AJ gets every drop of talent out of guys. And he's so happy when they do well. And I think guys love playing for him, as well as the rest of the staff. But yeah, AJ is one of a kind. Can't wait to have him on the program.
0: Yeah, I would say that A.J. is everyone's biggest fan. You know, <laughs> everyone out there's biggest fan.
1: Who who do you work directly with, would you say? You talked about uh, being an inside linebacker coach and then receivers. Um, are you kind of working hand in hand with with Mark on defense and Randy on offense? Or are there other coaches that you kind of, I don't know, co-mingle with really uh, in, in your job responsibilities?
0: So I I work mostly with Mark. So in the summer is when I do most of the receiver stuff. Once the season starts, because JT and I will both kind of tag team, the receivers, Uh, once the season starts, I kind of go more defense and JT goes more offense, but JT, Mark, and I, we do a lot of the uh, Mark will have JT and I do those scouting sheets. So we'll chart plays Mm. for him during the week. And then we give it to him and he puts it all together. So I work most closely with Mark, Mark and JT.
1: So, so here's a question I have for, uh, you, you know, for the offensive thing, offensive stuff is, you know, Rio isn't a team that really passes much. We do pass here and there. Uh, I know last year we mixed it in a, a lot more. Um, how do you keep, I don't know, y- especially younger guys, how do you keep them motivated to, to, to do things well, whether it's uh, running a good route or, you know, laying, laying, uh, laying blocks inside, which is a vital part of the running game. How do you keep guys uh, hungry to be a receiver and
0: really they're not getting a whole lot of touches? We'll say. Um, well, I mean, our offense is unique in the fact that like our slot receiver will get, he'll get five, maybe 10 carries a game too. Mm-hmm. You know, we mix it up that way, but we do do a lot of, we love doing a lot of like uh, play action rollout stuff. And we work on that a lot because that's all spacing with your receivers. And if we're not spaced correctly, Mm. uh, no one's open or two guys look open. You throw to one guy and the other guy gets his hand up because he's not in the right spot. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we pass enough to keep people happy. Yeah. Uh, But again, everyone's so let's win oriented. It's just the, the type of culture that we have, you know, Mark talks about, brotherhood all the time and it's it's real It it's yeah. real you know you want everyone to succeed and you know a lot of our receivers do the the kick returns and all that stuff too so they they get their uh they get their touches in in different ways absolutely no it's it's fun when Rio Hondo throws the ball because it's
1: usually successful uh in the sense of oh we 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 you know, we caught him off guard kind of a thing, throw a few touchdown passes. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's fun to watch. The entire offense is fun to watch, as is the, the whole football program. Uh, let me ask you this, Ed. Um, we're recording before the summer, of course, but uh, by the time this is out, there should be another addition to your family. You got the two-year-old already. Uh, you got another one on the way. So talk to me about uh, baby number two soon for you.
0: Yeah, so I got my two-year-old, Olivia. And then, um, yeah, by the time this comes out, I'll have uh, a son going by uh, taking his grandfather's name from him. So we'll have another Ken Drain uh, walking, walking around or, you know, so that'll be fun. Super excited. You know, my dad, my dad's my hero. Might as well, might as well uh, take his name. So that's that's fantastic, man. We we
1: love uh, Coach Drain. He's been there for so many of us has motivated us. And I think, uh, you know, he's touched a lot of guys' lives. What a, what a tremendous um, gift to give him to, to have his name continued. And uh, that that's really, really special, man. That's 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 glad we could announce that here uh, on the program. Uh, As far as uh, other members of your family who we haven't mentioned yet, my good buddy, Devin drain, who I played ball with um, you know, he he's working in the junior high program. He's your older brother. Um, I always love giving him a hard time. Um, I can't imagine growing up with that guy. I mean, what do you, what do you got for me on Devo? Got any Intel or, or you could just say nice things about him. Cause I, cause I usually don't. So go ahead.
0: Intel as far as recent.
1: No, no, no. Just like, uh, I don't know. What was it like growing up with Devin as a brother, as an older brother? Was he nice to you guys or was he kind of a standoffish (laughs) at times? You know what I
0: mean? He wasn't standoffish. I would say because he's, he's like six, six or seven years older than me. So he was. He was uh older so we didn't like hang out a lot plus I had Dave but I think I think my funniest memories are Dave whenever Dave and I would get into an argument he would he would grab me and Dave one in each hand he'd stack us up on the couch and then he would sit on both of us and he'd just sit on us and he'd say I'll get up when you guys are done <laughs> and we're like dude no, we can't breathe we can't breathe and he's like if you're talking you can breathe so <laughs> <laughs> and he would, he would just he would just sit on us. He'd stack us up and sit. Oh, and man. Then he actually had to. Uh, so we converted our garage into a bedroom and we split it in half with a curtain. I don't know if you, you remember this at all. So Dave and I had one half and Devin had the other. And Dave and I were forbidden from going in there, <laughs> which meant go in there. Just don't get caught.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so so we would go in there there were times it's like you know in those movies because he had he had one of those beds that was like it was elevated with his desk underneath so there's times when Dave and I are like in his bed and he's at his desk underneath and we're just sitting there we're like waiting for him to leave and we're just laying there because we can't get caught we can't get caught and then we just wait for him to leave and then we get out of there real quick but that was fun trying to sneak into his
1: room and stuff Oh, I love my guy, my, my, my good buddy, Devin, one of my best friends. We had such a good time growing up and uh, I know it, you know, it, it, it's true for everybody, but man, the, the guys that you spend so much time with in high school, I mean, and and so much time on the field or whatever you're playing, it, it's just a special bond, man. I still see Devin, you know, and it's like, uh, it's like, like the old days. We just start smiling and laughing and uh, talking about the, the old uh, football days or whatever. And, you pick up where you left off. I mean, can you relate to that as far as, you know, classmates and things from, from your time at Rio?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, guys like Cody Cowell, who I, I see only once in a while, but you know, we run into each other maybe at uh, someone's birthday or something. Yeah. You just start talking like you're back in high school. It's normal. (laughs) I mean, I guess the topics of discussion are, you know, more adult related you know, because we're working now, and you know, talking about life. But, but yeah, it's just like talking to an old friend, um, Charles Quintero. Same thing. I mean, Charles and I, we both have birthdays in February. We text each other every year. You know, hey, have birthday, have birthday. You know, every every yeah. year since we graduated. You know, so yeah, I you know, Jason Wiley, Jason Starris, Wes Mosier, all these guys. I mean, Jason Wiley because he he knows I work at Pearl. And he works for Arcadia Fire Department. He drives by in his big truck every now and then. He'll honk. He'll honk. <laughs> he drives by. So.
1: That's awesome. So. Yeah, I, man. Uh, no, I love the Drain family. You guys have been uh, amazing, uh, just friends and family and, and mentors to uh, to all of us, but especially uh, me and my family and just that connection. And uh, me and Devin being the oldest and you know graduating the same year was was just a blast and kind of intermixing there with the Drain family here and there. Uh, if you would, Ed, talk to me about your earliest memories of Rio Hondo prep, you literally grew up uh, with Hairfield as your backyard. So you saw a lot of football games. What are your earliest memories? And and kind of what, I don't know, what, what, what was the impact of Rio Hondo football on you early on?
0: So I think my earliest memories, I remember my dad taking me down to practices. And I remember, I think Seth Dinius Ooh. was on the team because I remember being like, this guy is huge. I'm never going to be that big. How, how is anyone supposed to play football when someone like him is playing? But I just remember, you know, my dad would take us to practices and guys would, you know, would play catch with me just if they were, you know, if they were sitting out, you know, taking a break, getting a water break on reps or something, they would play catch, you know, I'd run routes. Um, So Steve Amon, I remember Steve Amon. I remember thinking, dude, that guy's mean. I was like, "Does he ever smile?" That's what I said. Does he ever smile? I've never seen it. Um, um, my my most like, I think my most, Chris Rossiter was my favorite player when I was a kid. Really? I would, nice. Yeah, Chris, Chris Rossiter was my guy. I would ask him he because he. I think one year he gave me his chin strap off his helmet. Oh, that's so cool. so. It was awesome. I remember, I remember when he broke his collarbone. Oof. He was like over there in a sling and he still took his like wristband off his chin strap and like gave it to me. And I was like, this guy's, this guy's the best, the best person ever. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Yeah. Quite, quite a football player. Indeed. He, uh, man, he
1: scored touchdowns left and right. I was going to ask you who your favorite player was. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, you got to watch our class, uh, play some ball, uh, during, um, a tough time in your, in your life. Ed. uh, you know, for those that don't, I'm sure everybody knows, but you know, uh, back when you were a kid, uh, you went through something and, and conquered it that, um, would have probably for a lot of other people, you know, made them not as successful maybe in their life, but you responded to it. Well, take us through, um, kind of a a tough time in your life, uh, right around the time Devin and I were, uh, strapping up and playing varsity football.
0: Yeah. So fourth grade, you guys were juniors, I believe. Uh, yeah, I got leukemia and I mean, because I was a kid, I I probably didn't understand how serious it was. And my parents, you know, did a great job not making me feel like it was serious, you know? Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time in the hospital. Um, I didn't realize it till later, but it humbled me having leukemia humbled me. Because I remember, you know, my, I was kind of a mean kid, (laughs) but uh, then I got sick and I wasn't the athlete that I should have been. So it kind of just, it just humbled me, but yeah, uh, I remember you guys, uh, you all signed a football that I still have, um, with all your signatures on it, uh, for me, um, you know, wish me the best of luck. I remember watching your championship game against Joshua Springs up in that uh, RHLA room uh, up there. But I just, I think sports and particularly football in general, because it was at the kind of like the beginning of it all. It's just, it took my mind off of everything, you know, Mm. Uh, I just, and I love sports and I got to continue to play. But yeah, as far as, uh, it, I you know. I think it was rougher on my parents than on me, just because I didn't fully, I didn't fully understand what was going on. I I always thought I'd be better. I guess it took a long time. It took three years, you know, <laughs> to go through chemo and all that stuff. And yeah, there were times when you know, I remember, I remember the chemo. It just totally drains you of all, everything. I remember, uh, you know, falling down, and I was just sitting there. Cause I, I didn't have the strength to get up off the ground. Someone had to come pick me up, you know, um, losing my hair was brutal. I keep, you know, I pray every day, please don't let me lose my hair. I, I lost it already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was difficult at times. Cause you know, you're just, you're going through things that change who, you are like, you know, I, I was this type of person. I could do this kind of stuff in sports playground. I mean, that's, that's how Mark Carson is actually the one who first day of fourth grade, he, he was doing like the lunch duty out there and he called my parents or he might've told the office, he said, you know, Ed's not um, playing like he normally does. I think something might be wrong with him. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so the uh, the office called my mom. My mom took me in to get a blood test, and they sent me to City of Hope right after that. Um, and then I started treatments. So Mark Mark's the one who noticed it, <laughs> and wow. Uh, and I started treatments from there, and then three years of chemo. And uh, yeah, that was what a time, huh? <laughs> it, it was a long. It was a long
1: three years, and it, it seems like. So long ago. Now you, I mean, you don't forget about it, but like it's hard to look at you now, uh, Ed, and be like, "Yeah, I re- no, I remember. Yeah, you were um, sitting there all bundled up. I mean, you're an inspiration, man. Let me just say. And uh, I remember when we were playing uh, junior again, junior year, this was all going down. I mean, you're in fourth grade. Um, this is our head coach's uh, kid, son. Uh, not not only my teammate, our teammate's brother that's going through this, and and remember seeing you up there uh out in front of your house bundled up in the blankets you know at some of these games there um you know it was it was an inspiration and we knew that coach drain was going through a tough time with it and Devin, you know as well and so uh it's something i'll never forget and just that uh, where you are now man i I just want to say um you know you are an inspiration to all of us man i know i was a tough time and your mom i talked to her on my other podcast about this and um Yeah. The, the drain family, man. Drain strong is a, is a, is a real thing. And who can forget shave your head for Ed. I mean, one of the best man. Hey, I'm still (laughs) doing it, man. I'm still, look at me. I'm still going that way.
0: That was all JT. That was all JT man. Uh, yeah, I was losing my hair chemo. It was like literally you run your hands through your head hair and like you get handfuls of hair with it. And they were like, you're going to have to shave it. And JT, you know, he, uh, He's like I think we should all shave our heads that way Ed doesn't look different. <laughs> so and they did they dude they did a news like story on it and everything. I was I remember being on the news and I was I couldn't figure out why but yeah, shave your head for Ed. J- it was JT's idea. Fantastic Sams sponsored it. They shaved everybody's heads.
1: So. Yeah, that's awesome. I always went pretty pretty low cut but anyway and uh yeah, I'm shaving it every couple days Kevin now didn't but Didn't shave uh, his head though. I'll, I'll never forget devin didn't do it we're like come on dude He's he said he couldn't ruin his flow dude couldn't ruin <laughs> his flow <laughs> he loved his mop dude he's always uh you see him in the basketball
0: games he'd always be uh he had that <laughs> wave he had that wave in high school i don't know he, and he graduated and left him
1: <laughs> i can make fun of devin for hours on the podcast just just so everybody <laughs> knows and i do it because i care uh no, oh, no yeah. pun intended. i got some
0: great dave and i have some great stories Cause when we got older, we got to pick on him. Cause then it was yeah. two
1: on one, two so, on one right? Yeah. <laughs> Devin's doing great work with the junior high guys, man. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to see, uh, you know, not just one coach dream. Now there's three of them. There's three of you guys carrying in the footsteps of your dad. What, what would you say you learned? You learned a lot from your dad. You said he was your hero, but as far as coaching, especially at the high school level, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons you learned from da- from your dad as a coach and kind of, you know, carrying on the tradition of uh, uh, coaching in the high school
0: program, Coach Drain? Well, I think just coaching in general, because uh, I think the number one thing that I took away and the number one thing that I, you know, is what I work on is, is like making sure your players know that you care about them. Like if there's, I think if there's one thing you could say about my dad, whether it's technique, strategy, whatever, is that every single one of the guys he coached knew that he would do anything for them, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think when you have someone who's like that, you want to, you want to play hard. You want to play for them. You know, it's, it's hard to be successful if your players don't want to play. I think my you know, I think my dad always was able to get his guys to play. You know, they always wanted to play it and they played hard for him, you know. So uh, I think that's the number one thing. Um, but, you know, he, he, he could throw out any John Wooden quote in, of all time and use it for any sport, you know. Uh, I remember uh, he he came with a big shepherd staff one time. And he said, you got to walk softly, but carry a big stick, mm, that's you know, good be, be humble, um, quiet confidence. Um, he always loved to correct people on when they would say practice makes perfect. And he would say, no, 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 no. Practice makes permanent. Cause if you practice bad, you're not perfect. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, well, um, we all, we all carry that and, and yeah, you know, quiet, uh, quiet humbleness I mean that's that's coach drain but uh you know he could get fiery quite quick quick as well and uh you know I will say
0: yeah yeah I mean I yell because he yelled (laughs) that's how I feel sometimes it's like what are you doing I don't know my dad yelled
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's uh yeah He you know but but you felt you felt not the wrath but you felt the care and the concern when he would get after you and you felt like yeah, I that gotta goes pick it up, back you know? to
0: like, you can yell at your players, if they know you care. Right? Some yes. guys yell to yell. And they're like, Dude, who's this guy? Why? Why is he yelling? But if you have that relationship, and your players know that you care about them, it's a lot easier to, you know, I guess, raise your voice.
1: Well, well, this is some Yeah. And in, in today's age, man, Hey, speak, speak, uh, gentle to, to, to the young man. I, I love that Rio is still a place that, you know what, um, you can uh, get after guys quite a bit. It, it, it's nothing personal. And I, and I want to praise the parents for a minute here uh, in this regard that, you know, the parents are very open and they like seeing, uh, their young men, uh, coached, not just criticized, but coached up and, and coached hard. And I think, uh, the parents can see that this coaching staff does care. They 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 care. They love these guys and everything they're doing. When they see Coach Drain, Coach AJ, whoever yelling at little Johnny, you know they're not being like, "How could he do that to my son?" They know and respect and respect the fact that uh, Rio coaches care and and their criticism is coming from a good place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The parent the parents are great. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can't have you can't have great kids without great parents. I oh. mean you know uh it's i mean at rio the parents are awesome and it starts it starts at home you know
1: it starts at home amen man absolutely um yeah the families have been uh, so awesome and and they always are thanking me and i'm just like are you kidding i get to talk to your guys and this is a joy for me to do this and uh you know i get so much more from them than than you know than than i'm sure they do for me like this is just a a joy to do what have you thought after year one of the uh, the the charge to keep uh, podcast, and we did a trial run with the Get Home Safe one uh, a couple years ago, and then said, "All right, we need our own platform, our own show here." Uh, what do you think of uh, the past year or last year's uh, you know coverage of the football program? Did you got any suggestions, any ideas, or or how do you think it all went? No, I
0: think I think it's really great. I was I was a little nervous at first. I'm like, "How is he going to get you know listeners? Are they going to?" Are the current parents going to care about listening to old guys talk, you know, uh, but it all works. And it's I think it works because of what real Hondo, you know, what what we are, you know, you can tell a story that happened 10 years ago and it's still relatable to the guys who play now. Mm. So it's 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 worth listening to. But, yeah, I think it's great. I think the I know the players love it like dude i got an interview this week or you know they, like did you hear me on the podcast or so oh um, man so yeah.
1: yeah i i'm so happy to do it and, I, and i'm glad that it's working out that people are responding uh, i can't believe how many alumni have really uh, you know, become supporters of this thing. It's brought alumni back to tuning in on Friday nights. And, and I want, I want the real program to go to grow. I want the football program to get bigger and better. Um, because it is a special product that if you don't know about it, you you need to know about it, you know, in the San Gabriel Valley here. And, uh, I mean, what, what would be your pitch Ed, if you had to describe Rio Hondo football, why it is special, why you continue to be a part of it?
0: Oh man, that's a, that's a loaded, that's a loaded question there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think the the special thing about it is, is the familiarity and it, it gets, it gets so overused the word brotherhood in football and, you know, everyone, you know, you got colleges, Oh brotherhood, you know, they're all say it gets overused, but you know, when you're, you're at a small school, You know, and I'm fine with us being a small school. Yeah, we want to grow. We want to grow, you know, a little bit. But everyone knows everyone. Everyone can relate to everyone. Everyone's close. You can pick out anybody and talk to them. And the conversation's easy. It's just such a tight knit group every year, because every year, it's the same, you know, message, same product. and everyone wants to succeed. I think care youth league helps a lot, you know, uh, guys who have, you know, we're getting, we're getting more guys who didn't go to care uh, recently, but just everyone kind of knows the care guys come to the game and they want to be that, you know, they see their assistant coaches on the field. I mean, for me growing up, I watched Rohano prep football, real Hondo prep sports. That was my favorite thing every week. You know, because in five years, 10 years or whatever, that was going to be me. And I couldn't wait. That was that was the biggest dream I ever had. And I think it's the same thing for the kids now. You know, that's what they're looking forward to. And and when they get there, it doesn't disappoint. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Well
1: said. That's uh, the story for so many of us. And I think that's a big part of the, the podcast is bringing that feeling, that experience of, of you know, t- turning into uh, for back then it was care you know games at care field turning off a quiet street and seeing the lights and seeing the teams warming up. I mean that slow drive as you kind of go into uh, the the property there that that was a special feeling. And I remember as a kid just being like large. You know, it was it was the coolest thing. And so the podcast trying to bring that out not just on Friday nights but. All throughout the year uh in the summer months especially and, and so thank you for your your kind words about the podcast it, it's um we're just getting started and, and this thing's gonna gonna continue to grow and uh and and really take off um you talked about playing for real hondo and you were a part of uh two very special teams uh a championship team in 2008 and a runner-up in 2009 so if you would ed uh, let's talk about two very special years in, in real football time and, and say what you need to say. I know sometimes you kind of get a little upset that that it's almost like people forget about those, uh, those two years, but if you would make the case why uh, 08 and 09 are two of the best years in real history.
0: Uh, man, you, you put me on the spot now, now it's tough. No, I, I'm not saying there hasn't been other great uh, years. I just think, you know, as, when we were freshmen and sophomore, now there are other circumstances as to why, but the vars, you know, that we lost back-to-back years in the first round. I think we were up a division. Um, but I think once like my class got to Rio, uh, you know, they, t- you know, I marked it, you know, he took us in a room and he wrote four numbers on the board. And it was, uh, it was like 12 and O or 10 and O, 10 and O, 12 and O, 12 and O. And we were like, "What's that?" And he said, "This is what we think you can do in your high school career." And we we bought in. We we believed it. You know, uh, we were like, "We're gonna win," and, and we won a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had uh, in two thousand eight is when we switched to the black helmets. Um, That's right. Mark Mark was on board for that. We were like, "Dude, we don't want to wear the white helmets." And I know I know everyone likes red, but we kind of just we were like, let's kind of phase out the red a little bit, mm-hmm. just go straight black, white, black helmets. So when we walk on the field, we look, we look scary, you know.
1: Um, <laughs> How so- did that come about? You guys just ta- amongst yourselves we're like, hey, let we should do black helmets. I mean, because uh, going away from the white helmets was rather controversial, man, with some of our older <laughs> listeners.
0: So, um, I, every four years, we budget to get new uniforms. So uh, we had budgeted and our 2008 was the year we get new uniforms. So Mark actually invited us over for dinner, you know, Antonio, Tim, who were the seniors on that team. And then JT, myself, and some, uh, you know, probably like 12 of us. And we were just going over, we were looking at uniforms and stuff and all the cool uniforms we liked. Guys had black helmets (laughs) and we were like, mark can we do black helmets and we we're like why can't we do you know why can't we do black helmets it's kind of like what we did and he's like well if we do it you know the jvs have to do it and everyone everyone has to be the same and we we're like so let's do it yeah um, so and he was like okay um i think he went and asked my dad my dad said as long as everyone does it he didn't care so we we went to black helmets and, yeah. and it was dope yeah no it's a
1: great it's a great look i love i love the all black i I even think the black helmets look really good on the white uniform the white tops like i don't know it just pops a little bit and um yeah it's been a good change you know not not everyone embraces change uh but you know at one point everyone's like we're not gonna play 11 man football are you guys crazy and and here we are 21 years later so um you, you go to the black helmets and your your junior year, you guys are very talented class. You mentioned a lot of the names: Chris Yamas, yeah. JT Parker, uh, Charles Quintero, Nick Preciado. Were were sophomore, you know, or or uh, right below you guys. Um, d- in oh wait, I'm trying to remember. Did you guys go
0: undefeated, or what was? Sure. Take me through the season. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to tell you some stories here. Here All we right, go. So, uh, so in 2008, we were. Uh, our goal was to go to state. Mark was like, we're gonna go to state. We're gonna be the first team to go to state. We're gonna make state playoffs. So um uh, Antonio Alanis, Tim Esquera, Julian Hernandez, and Eddie Garcia were like the seniors. Um, but we lost, we lost three of our first four. No, no, no. So we 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 beat Mojave, then we lost to Brentwood on a field goal, then we beat Sage Hill. And then we lost to Maranatha at Maranatha. And then we lost to Chadwick the week after that. That's so, right. The Chadwick so, game. We, so we never lose a, to Chadwick. We lost to Chadwick. And Mark Mark said after the game, he came up to us because okay, not that we didn't like the people above us, but like um we we weren't how should I say this without getting them offended. We we didn't like the fact that when we were sophomores they didn't want us on varsity, and then when they did they when when they lost in their first round we were like okay we're better than them in, you know whatever <laughs> we're, still, we're prideful prideful or whatever hey, but they never lost they never lost a league game so we lost to Chadwick and Mark comes up to us and he says you guys talk a big game you guys think you're all that he's all you like to bag on the the team last year well guess what they took care of business when it mattered and you guys didn't today (laughs) dude antonio was a one-man wrecking crew after mark said that (laughs) i don't and we yeah i we didn't we didn't lose a game we didn't lose a game after that until championship the next year
1: coach carson knows how to get to the point like right like that's an amazing I i love hearing stuff like this and i'm sure the fans do as well like things behind closed doors that, that need to be said. And uh, yeah, I remember look, uh, being in the, in the pep band, watching that game, watch you guys. You're so much more talented than you were uh, performing. And I was like, how lose to Chadwick. Are you guys out of like, what is going on? Um, and, and you want to talk about a great, great football player, Antonio Alanis, uh, double a, what a stud a freak of nature. I mean, yeah, I remember him running the ball, tearing people's heads off on defense. He definitely stepped up his senior year and put you guys. Uh, well, a lot of guys perform well, but yeah,
0: what what a stud he was. Yeah, I mean, him and Tim both rushed for over a thousand yards that year. I think, I think they're the only two. I think they're the only tandem in the eleven man era to have two two thousand yard rushers on the same team. Wow. Uh, but he, yeah, Antonio. I just remember he could. He was just like one giant muscle. and his stiff arm like he would put grown d linemen into the ground and it's just like i remember uh it was funny our semifinal game that year he scored four touchdowns but the uh all four touchdowns no no he scored three of the four but all four were passes but they were like short screen passes where antonio ran like 60 yards or something and i remember the article the next day was Yamas can't be stopped Four touchdown passes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he would just, I'm I'm sad that he took his uh, highlight film down, but there were times when he would like run and guys would grab onto his back and he would just kind of shrug like this and the dude would fall off. Yeah. And, like his balance, like a center of gravity was so good. And then, yeah, he was just, he was like a giant muscle. I don't, I don't yeah. know how to describe it. But, and,
1: and those guys, that senior class, Tim Mascara, Eddie Garcia, I mean, those guys, those guys stepped up. And, and I think everyone was talking about, you know, you guys and the class, you know, some of these other classes and those guys really took it upon themselves to be like, no, this is our senior year. Like this, we, we're, we're the leaders of this team. And, and you I mean, you look at 2000 yard backs. I mean, yeah, that's, I would say, you know, in the eight man era, Mike Whiteside and uh, Rick Johnson, you know, those, those type of that type of backfield really. And uh, it's kind of, quietly gets forgotten sometimes that hey that was a pretty good running you know running back tandem no. in in 2008.
0: those guys they were yeah and yeah there weren't a lot of them you know there were a lot of us Juniors there were just a lot of us you know but those four uh Julian too so Julian Julian
1: Hernandez oh my goodness
0: another another guy Julian was up Julian played Julian was locked down I mean yeah. it was just yeah those four guys Tim Antonio, Eddie and Julian. Yeah, there was only four of them. But bro, they were just they were and they were mean. You know, I, <laughs> you know, there's good football players that are nice. And you know, that mm-hmm. there's really, really, really good. But you know what I mean? Like they play the game in a nice way, so to speak. Those guys were mean, man. Those guys. <laughs> Those, I mean, Eddie's helmet, Eddie, the front of Eddie's helmet almost wasn't black at the end of the season. Cause he's just like, yeah. he would bring Bull. you in and he would like, he'd hit you here and then throw you to the side. <laughs> and it's just like, Antonio was just so, he was just
1: so good. Yeah. Know. He was always yeah. running downhill. You hear that phrase all the time, but that's what he looked like, you know? And just, yeah, I, I was so happy for those guys. Uh, yeah. Cause again, there wasn't many of them and, and obviously great contributions from you guys as well. But that was the second 11 man championship in school history behind, uh, 2005, a few years prior. And when you guys came back for that senior year, Ed, it was kind of like, that was the beauty of 08 is like, man, we're losing some great seniors, but we got this almost this entire team back in 2009, a team that may be better than this one. Uh, you had Nick Preciado and Charles Quintero who were super sophomores going to be juniors. I mean, uh, take us through 09 and a magical season that unfortunately ended uh ended not quite the way you yeah. wanted it to.
0: Yeah. So, uh, well, one thing about Nick and Charles is they're the same age as me. They, mm-hmm. when they came to Rio, they, they uh, their I guess their public school was like a grade behind. So they, they, they were our age, but they, they joined the class behind us. So that, um, so that, yeah, they were, they were juniors. We were seniors. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of hype around uh that team i remember our first game we traveled week zero up to mission prep that was the first time we played them we beat them um, i think by 10 and again mark we had a practice
1: san luis obispo for those that don't know a nice road yeah, trip san to Louis start obispo the year similar there. to this year starting down in san diego that's pretty fun yeah anyway
0: so um we had like a, a couple bad practices early on. Cause you know, we, you know, we just won a championship. We knew we were pretty good, which is yeah. always not that great. Um, but <laughs> we were having a, Alex Tyco, who was a sophomore, I think that year, he was like our scout running back and he had broken off a couple runs and you know, Cody and Chris will tell you it's because they didn't want to hurt Alex or whatever. <laughs> so Mark, Mark, Mark comes in into the huddle, and he says, Tim and Antonio aren't coming out of that locker room, so you guys better figure it out right now. Oh. And then the the very next – I felt so bad for Alex. The very next play, they hand Alex the ball, and Tim – I mean, and Cody and Chris at the same time just boom and just put him on his back and then got up, and they were like, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> so, but Mark, yeah, Mark always knows what to say. He always knows the right thing to say and yeah. to to get you going. So we actually played some close games that year, but um, our defense was ridiculous. Oh,
1: oh I think we had talk about
0: scary and mean. Woo. I think we had like fifty. Uh, we might have led the state, the entire state, in takeaways that year with fifty something. Yeah. I think we tied a state record. Um. But yeah, our defense was was ridiculous. I mean, our offense was was still pretty good, but defense, I mean Nick, Nick Prieto, I've never Mark still tells a story, but he would just take the ball from guys. He would yes. say hey, he would just say hey, I'm going to go get the ball on this play and then he would get the ball. Like he did that <laughs> multiple times. And we're like <laughs> what do you, what do you, we're like okay, why don't you do that every time? No, yeah. um, <laughs> No, no, not now, not now. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we were mean. I mean, Charles, Charles was, again, he's like a little muscle hamster, and he was mean. I remember Boron, they threw like a deep pass, and it was still when you can hit guys when they weren't looking, you know. Now, oh now yeah, to touch them with their hands. Yes, but he would purposely not try to intercept the ball. <laughs> he would wait for the guy to, you know, and then he would purposely dislodge it. And destroy the guy in the process, and then he'd get up. Charles's one thing was if he ever got tackled, he, you were never beating him off the ground. He <laughs> was right. like it was like an ego thing for him. He was the first guy always up off a pile because he wanted <laughs> to know that that he, he meant he meant business. Um, Dude, he was so fast.
1: He was so. Would you put him? I mean, you put. I mean, Jonathan Guerrero, Giorgio. I mean, there's some fast dudes who've gone through the program. Uh, I mean. Charles got to be one of the fastest dudes
0: I've ever seen play ball. He was so fast. I wouldn't say in a like, like Geo and Geo would definitely take him in a straightaway. Um, I think how quickly he could get to top speed made him special. Um, but I mean, dude, yeah, he was so good. That was the same year he jumped. He jumped over the center and stripped the ball. He did two things that year. I, it might have been in the same game, but I can't. Remember. So against Brentwood, it was a close game. Um, we were they they had the ball first and goal, like on the one, and we had a blitz where the free safety would try to time it up because when you're that close, if you're offsides, what they move the ball an inch, nobody cares, yeah. right? So uh, he was just like time it up. Mark said time it up and try to jump over. So he jumped over. He timed it perfectly. Jumped over. The quarterback got the snap. He stripped the quarterback and grabbed the ball. And then it was our ball. (laughs) And then later that year he blocked a field goal, but he caught the ball. (laughs) So he dove, blocked it and caught it. And I was like, dude, what in the, what in the world? Like, (laughs) so. He's
1: hands down one of the best athletes uh, and all around football players that that we ever seen at, at the school. And I thought he was faster on defense. Like, Top oh, yeah. speed and then, you know, lightning bolt into guys. I mean,
0: yeah, what a what an explosive I, dude. Yeah, me because I wasn't you know I wasn't the best football player, but <laughs> it always amazed me like because I would try to do it, you know, I would I would try to get to full speed and then try to hit someone, and I always felt like I would miss. And then you watch like someone like Charles or Cody or Chris, it's like they could hit someone at top speed and not and like not miss. It was just. But, yeah, that defense – we were just – Chris was mean. I mean, Cody was mean. Cody Cody hit a guy so hard he popped his shoulder out. <laughs> went off from Cody. the sideline, told Dr. Walsh, put it back in. Dr. Walsh put it back in, and then Cody went back on the field. And I think he – like, we got a, like a pick, and he was lead blocking and running all the way down the field like uh, for the touchdown. I was like –
1: dude. Cody Cal was a monster. A monster. He was like uh this the size of like Antonio Alanis, you know, and and this the the intensity of Charles all into. I mean, he was a scary dude, great football player, great tight end. We gotta get some of these guys on the podcast, man. I've had Charles on, but Cody Cal, Antonio Alanis, man, they would be great addition yeah. to the pod.
0: Yeah. So I I mean, I I think my case for 0809 is. is- just player by player it's like it's just loaded you know Mm -hmm. and then as a team wise yeah so we we had most takeaways in school history defensively we still have the we still have the longest uh the the biggest win streak in school history i think at 22 games and then my fun fact that i always like to tell everybody is my class we never ever lost a game from seventh grade through graduation. Never ever lost a game at Care Field. Oh, that's a great stat. We are undefeated at Carefield. And the game one. we lost in championship was not at Care Field.
1: Correct. It was right to it my left right. as I sit at Covina District Field, the old one. Um, yeah. it was grass back then. I, I have great memories of that that field going to the to uh, to, to games as a kid and Mark and I had always talked man what if we played a real game here sometime and then in 09 it actually happened and the rains came down
0: and the floods came up there was that game I mean both two games back to back so well first so yes you can say all the teams are better than us but if you play us at Carefield you're gonna lose um
1: <laughs> that's how <laughs> Devin and I felt about basketball in the pavilion that's it's just like back in the day that's how we felt we beat the Lakers in there anyway.
0: So, yeah, well, that was so the championship game was the week after Salesian. Talk to I us about is, Salesian. Salesian is the game that I think uh, people don't even remember that we lost championship because Salesian was so crazy. That was that nuts. Year. Um. But oh, wait, what, what'd what you say? Sorry. So talk to
1: me about Salesian. This is arguably one of the greatest games in school history uh, there was a non-championship. The Charter Oak win a few years ago uh, comes to mind also. But this game against the Legion, I wish I could paint a picture for people out there. Like, we'll, we'll do our best. They, they suited up like, I don't know, 60-something dudes. They were all huge. They were dirty players. Um, they were bigger, uh, faster. They were just, you talk about mean. These guys were legit, like, dirty, dirty players. And they were out to hurt you guys in that semifinal. Uh, they did. But they did not reach their end result. Anyway, talk to me about that game with someone who played in it.
0: Well, I think too, it wasn't just their the player, their fans were brutal. Like yeah. they bought a, they brought a bunch of, they had fans lining the fences like all the way around that were like drinking and all this stuff. I like uh, Andy Chang because he he's also one time on guest crowd control. I actually had to do something because they yeah they were. So they were brutal, and I – right from the the coin toss. So when we went out for the coin toss, if you watch, like, the film, you can kind of see it, but, like, number six, he's kind of, like, nodding his head like this. The entirety of the coin toss, he's looking at Chris Yamas, and he's telling him how badly he's going to hurt him. That's what he's doing, the whole coin toss. And I'm, like, literally – I'm just, like, looking at the ref and then kind of looking back and then looking back at the ref. And I'm like, it is, is what's happening right here? I was like, what's yeah. going on? But Chris in classic Chris fashion, it was like in Rocky when the dude says, I'm gonna bust you up, and then Rocky says, Go for it. Chris was just like, yeah, that's ba-. Chris was like, go for it, go for it. <laughs> just like, like the whole <laughs> time. It. And I was like, Oh, dude, this is gonna Fair. be this is gonna be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the very first the opening kickoff. They blindside JT and JT actually, he like, he just on the, he just like crumbles. He got hit so hard. Uh, But he went in, he stayed in for a little bit and made a tackle where he got like kind of kicked in the head. And then he was just done. He couldn't even like, he was done. He would, you could tell he had no clue where he was. Um, But yeah, it was just so physical And yeah, then we lost Chris. I mean, we were going to blow him out too. That's what I like That we were, we were, we were about to go up I think three touchdowns when we lost Chris in the first half. So, I mean, we were, we were matching them, but yeah, once Chris went out, we didn't have a quarterback. Chris Yamas was a starting quarterback,
1: JT Parker, backup quarterback. And you know, you you don't really have a third
0: quarterback generally. So Colby Rivera was a freshman, and he was the third string quarterback. But he broke his wrist <laughs> during, uh, I think, the JV finale or something. So he couldn't play quarterback. So Jake Hanna, who had played quarterback the year before on JV, we threw him back there. And I remember he came in, and he he couldn't read the the the, the wristband, the play, because he was like so nervous. And I remember Cody, he, the, after the, Cody came over to him afterwards, he smacked him on the helmet. And he said, Hey, we got you. Let's go. <laughs> and then, his, I, then I talked
1: to his dad, his dad uh, podcast uh, on the Get Home Safe podcast. And his dad said that one of the Salesian players, when Jake we came into quarterback, they were pointing at him going, You're next. You're next. And that's when Cody was like, You know, this is our guy. We got you, or something like that.
0: Yeah. Cody Cody went up to him, and, you know, Steris too. We, And we were like, dude, we got you, (laughs) you know, but it it means more coming from Cody because Cody could look at those guys and go destroy one of those guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if Cody says he's got your back, then you know, your back's, you know, your back's good. Um, But I, yeah, it was just, they would put everyone in the box because they knew we couldn't throw it. You know, Daniel Morales and I, because he was center and I was right guard. I remember we came up to the line and we'd always be like, you know, communicate who you're blocking all that stuff. So Daniel, <laughs> Daniel looked at me and he goes, Hey, who you got? And then we kind of both just looked up <laughs> and then we looked down and we looked back at each other and we were just like, I guess just hit one of them. Cause there was like five guys in front of us. Cause they were just yeah. sitting in the house. I'm like, just pick one, just pick one. And here we go. Go forward. <laughs>
1: That game was so much about survival. You know, you guys had the lead. They came back after knocking out the quarterbacks, and then they knew you guys couldn't do anything offensively. You guys tried to go hard count on them a few times. Um, You kept the ball as long as you could. You just held on defensively. I believe it was 20-14, to and Salesian is driving, and they're under five minutes left, however much time was left. They're going to win the game, and you guys are just fighting and hanging on for dear life, and they're going in, and then – Another real Honda miracle
0: happened. So, yeah, so the, the back story on that is – but, yeah, it was just survival. The whole second half was survival. <laughs> Charles broke one in our first drive of the second half, like 40-yard touchdown, and then after that – because he got hurt on that run. Mm-hmm. After that, it was just survive, survive. But Chris was our long snapper for punts. And so I was, <laughs> the, I was the backup. So the reason Salesian was driving to win the game – was because I hiked the ball over Cody's head. Oh, I hiked the ball over Cody's head. Cody went back, picked it up. He kicked it with his left foot. I don't know how he did it. I mean, he kicked it with his left foot, and he got it down there somewhere. But yeah, they had the ball, and they were driving. And I just remember after I hiked it over his head, I I I didn't even look at my dad. I ran straight over <laughs> to the to the corner. You know, I was like nobody talked to me. Um, and I was like, please, 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 somebody save me. And sure enough, yeah, they're driving and Cody, Cody, he, he hits the guy helmet right on the ball, ball pops out and Alex Tycho falls on it. And then we have to, I think we have it third in like three. And if we, if we can convert, then we win the game and we hard counted them. And they went, they jumped and then we needed out to end the game. First down. Yes. You talk about um, guys like Alex Tyco step,
1: stepping up, you know, young dudes in that game. I remember we had like freshmen in there on the D line. So many guys got hurt, not just hurt, injured and everyone was hurt on the field. And it was so inspiring. I can't believe we won that game. It was one of the coolest moments in real history to me. And you guys just were so battered and
0: bruised afterwards, but you made us all proud that
1: night, man. It was, it was quite, quite a game. Fun one to go back and watch too on YouTube.
0: Yeah. The Mr. Clevenger, the team dinner the night before was talking about, I guess the movie Invictus had just come out. Oh, and I can't remember what Invictus means. It means like, uh, uh, being unbreakable or something, some, something like that. I can't, um, but like, it was all about you know if being unconquerable. I think that's what it is. You have to be unconquerable out there.
1: That's right. Yeah. So
0: after the game, I remember we were all yelling Invictus. Mr. Clevenger <laughs> like came back and we're like Invictus. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah. And then we went to Linfield the next next week. The tone for that game, Linfield actually watched our semifinal game. They were there. Uh, against the lesion and then we went to that cif lunch thing and they came over and talked to us the Salesian players and chris (laughs) chris was not having it man i remember they came over and uh they were like you know trying to make small talk or whatever and then one of them one of them looks at chris and he goes hey so um uh how's your how's your quarterback doing is his neck going to be okay or whatever not knowing that chris is the quarterback and chris goes yeah i'm fine yeah or whatever like i was like oh shoot we don't like these guys man no no
1: man like i remember that reminds me of a story our first year of 11 man rejoining the prep league and back then rather than scrimmaging a team there was the prep league jamboree where we'd all go all four or five prep league teams and you just play each other scrimmage you know a couple plays each it was at Flintridge. and. Uh, you know, we're new. We we knew these guys from other sports and stuff, and they had pizza for us. All the teams afterwards, and we're at the tables. And like, there's some Flint guys and Pauly guys sitting together, and uh, you know, kind of commingling and everything. And I, I I kind of led the charge. I was like, we're not sitting with those guys. We're sitting, this is a real Hondo table here. I'm not having. I'm not sharing a, a table with the enemy. What are you guys thinking? So, way to go, Chris. I like I like it. Yeah,
0: we were. Yeah that <laughs> that game.
1: Pouring rain, pouring, rain, pouring uh, rain. It was a mud bowl at Covina district field, super low scoring. You didn't have JT. He, he was unable to dress for the game. Just a, an unfortunate night because who knows what would have happened on the dry field, man. Although it was wet and uh, muddy for just, both
0: teams, you know, or just turf, you know, Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think the total yards in that game, it was like, we had 112 yards of total offense and they had 111 something like that. <laughs> it was, it was something crazy. And, uh, but it was so, it was so muddy. I just, the ref, we were like changing the ball all the time. Um, it was, but nothing. yeah, do, I, I, I remember the first play of the game. I thought we were going to score a touchdown because we ran a counter 20, you know, counter 28 and I was trapping and I ran through the hole and there was nobody there. I was like, oh shoot, we're going to score <laughs> Nick. Nick's going to be right behind me. I didn't have to hit anybody because there's nobody there. We're going to score. And Nick just he couldn't get through the hole because the mud. It was so muddy. I mean, we wow. we punted a ball in that game without punting it, and the refs didn't know because it was so muddy. Nick <laughs> Nick Nick put his leg up to punt it, and then ended up just chest passing it, and then <laughs> because <laughs> he didn't have the ball in his hand, so he like his leg went up like a punt, but then he threw it, and the ref the refs had no clue because yeah. <laughs> it was just. Pandemonium out there! It um, was a wild,
1: wild scene. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Linfield beat you guys. Was it, it
0: nine was, to three or nine? It was Nine-six. Nine, six. So they scored nine in the first half, and then we scored on our first possession of the second half. I think turned them over. Yeah, and then we we're like, oh, it's it's game over. We got them right where we want them, but then we just couldn't. We couldn't. But the twenty-five to the twenty-five was just pure mud. Yeah, was no grass. So it's like you just couldn't get out of that that area, you know. And Charles, yeah, it's hard to. Charles was, you know, he's all about cutting and getting to his spot, you know, beating people, making cut, and you just can't do that. Can't do that. uh, So that's a tough night, man. Circumstances, but, but yeah, I mean. Nine, times out of, we beat them nine times out of ten. That was the I one. I agree.
1: I agree, and arguably, I would say oh nine. Uh, well, oh, I mean, it's hard to put these teams, you know, rank them or whatever. But oh nine was a heck of a year, man. It was one of the greatest teams uh, in real history. That semifinal was legendary, and at least you guys got your got your ring that junior year, right? I mean, because yeah, there uh, you go. Yeah. Co- yeah, walking right away
0: can't be, can't be selfish. <laughs> can't be selfish.
1: Well, Ed, it's fun to talk about the memories, uh, some some of the playing days. Um, again, just wanted to get your uh, two cents on kind of the football program, what uh, what to look forward to. I mean, the season starts August 18th down in San Diego against Francis Parker. I know you guys will be putting in a lot of work in the summer, the summer trip. I mean, uh,
0: how excited are you to kick off another season? Oh, I'm, I'm pumped. Everyone, you know, I mean, we lose Ryan, which obviously – it's tough but you know, <laughs> um but we got you know we just got a lot of great great classes you know coming mm-hmm. and the future is bright i'm so i'm so excited these guys you know they're about it they're so they're just cool they're cool guys mm-hmm. oh you know? it's fun to coach cool cool guys um but they're excited we're excited um it's gonna be another special year. It always is. It always it is it always is, man. It always Hopefully is. We can and... make, I, I heard Mark's uh podcast uh when he said if we're not playing at this time, you know, <laughs> next year. <laughs> yeah, we were we were all upset because I think we were at like a they were doing a powder puff game for the girls and oh, across man. across the uh the the wash, Arroyo's having a semifinal game and we're like this is just re- this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we gotta be playing next year. We gotta make a run. Absolutely. Uh, it's playoff. It's time to make a playoff
1: run for sure. I think we run. got, I think we got the right guys to do it, man. Those, those freshmen are now seasoned sophomores and uh, you know, don't forget that the seniors and juniors are either going to some, some great young men, uh yep. great, Great season ahead. I can't wait. Uh, Thanks for doing this, Ed. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Congrats on baby number two, the great uh, Kenneth Drain. That's an awesome name. And, yeah, man, let's kick kick this thing off, man. Can't wait for football.
0: Yep. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. All right,
1: man. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you out there. uh, uh, Practices, double sessions before you know it.
0: Yep. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt
1: thanks again to Ed Drain for coming on the podcast as we get ready for another football season in the fall kickoff 2023 right around the corner can't wait for it as the season will open up down in San Diego against Francis Parker, another year of prep football, the 21st, 24, 21st, 11 uh, man season in school history. I believe Uh pretty cool stuff as we, uh, you know, went down memory lane with Ed quite a bit. That was fun chatting about, uh, his gridiron days. And it's hard not to me. And that's what, that's what makes this program special. Not just, uh, not the podcast, I mean, but the football program. So, uh, thanks to Ed drain for all you do with the, the coaches and, and working with the young man we appreciate the hard work and and man it it definitely you can tell the kids have been coached well and coached hard at rio and it's something that i think separates them from maybe other schools uh, in the area, definitely in the state of California. We'll be back guys, uh, real soon with more content on the charge to keep podcast. If you haven't done so already, please like, and subscribe, uh, on the YouTube channel. We also have a channel on rumble. Now, uh, you can watch the podcast on Spotify as well. And there's obviously, obviously ways to listen to the podcast. However, you listen to podcasts on Amazon, Google, uh, Spotify, things of that nature. So, uh, give us a like follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Always appreciate that. Share the show with somebody uh maybe it doesn't have to be alumni it could be whoever but just trying to make this thing grow uh keep the content coming for you guys as we will talk to more coaches uh bring in some players bring in some alumni of course uh throughout uh, the off season here as we build up to the kickoff season and then we'll have uh more alumni and random guests on shows uh throughout the season usually with a pregame show and then after the games, obviously, we'll do something either Saturdays or Sunday where we will be talking to Coach Carson and a player each week. Uh, that's kind of how the, uh, the 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 podcast goes, the schedule of events and moving forward. So I'm open to ideas, suggestions, whatever you got for me. Send them my way. You can reach us at charge to Keep pod at gmail.com charge to keep pod at gmail.com thanks for tuning in guys we'll be back real soon with more football content let's get this season kicked off it'll be double sessions before you know it where the boys will throw the gear on and get them pads working and hitting away oh let's 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 kick it off a long way to go but uh, we'll get there before you know it guys thanks for tuning in chat with you very soon and as you're Friendly reminder, friendly, friendly reminder with Rio Hondo Prep Football to be humble in victory and gracious in defeat because we always have a charge
0: to keep. A charge to keep I have A God to glorify A never-dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. Arm me with jealous care, as in thy sight to live, and, O thy servant, Lord, prepare a strict account to give.